Hello and welcome to Humane Tech. I'm Jeffrey Kay. This is the second episode of the 10 Cybersecurity Essentials. This one is multi-factor authentication. The previous episode was cybersecurity essential number one, passwords. And I left you a little bit of homework. And if you haven't listened to it, don't worry about it. We're going to move on quickly. In that homework, I asked you to check to see if any of your email addresses were listed at haveibeenpwned.com. If you did that, did you find your email was in any breaches or leaks? Did you feel good or not so good? If you were in any breaches or leaks, what did you do next? Did you make sure that site or app now has a long, complex, and unique password? Did you put that new password in your password manager? Well, if not, you have more homework at the end of this episode as well. All right. This is not a race. This is definitely a marathon. Yes, you should do all of the things we talk about in the 10 cybersecurity essentials as soon and as well as you can. Better to do a little at a time and do it right than leave holes in your security and privacy. So do your best and keep going back to these episodes. Write me. We'll do some consulting. I'm now doing some webinars and there are classes coming up in October. So check in and we'll do more. It'll be fun. I promise. At some point, <laughs> this will all be fun. In the previous episode, I mentioned the movie War Games from 1983. I forgot to mention how a former software designer for the Navy, Dr. Stephen Falcon, used his son's name as his password. The main character in the movie was David Lightman. He was played by Matthew Broderick, and David is a high school student and a hacker. He wants to be able to play the best computer and video games before they're even released for sale. The first part of the movie follows David as he determines how to break into the computer and play these games. David doesn't know that he's hacking into a major military facility called NORAD, which is responsible for the country's nuclear arsenal. Regardless, he follows a line of investigation that leads him to Dr. Stephen Falcon, creator of the game he finds on the NORAD supercomputer. Reading articles about Dr. Falcon, David discovers many of Falcon's interests and even some personal information. It turns out Falcon's son, Joshua, died with his mother in a car crash. It also turns out that Joshua is the password that Dr. Falcon used to secure government and military secrets. It's the password that is the key for saving the world from nuclear annihilation. While we may not be protecting the world from utter destruction, our passwords are important for keeping our finances, business, schools, family, and ourselves safe. The story from War Games helps to illustrate how using information that can be discovered online, in print, or from asking around is not the kind of thing we want protecting us. So, as a reminder from the previous episode, don't use information that's known about you or can be found out easily about you, your family, or business, or anything about you, your family, or your business, in your password. If your dog's name is Fido and you use Fido in your password, you're asking for trouble. But what if NORAD and Dr. Falcon had another layer of protection? If there was another layer, it almost wouldn't matter that he used his kid's name as a password. Today, we have that layer, and it's called multi-factor authentication, or MFA. Like passwords, MFA, or multi-factor authentication, is not perfect. 
There are ways to break MFA. Multi-factor authentication is the all-encompassing name for having two or more ways of proving that you should be granted access to a system. Authentication is proving who you are to a system and asking for access into that system. If you've ever been asked to show two pieces of ID for anything, that's the general idea. Because we're talking tech, it's of course a little more complicated. So let's talk websites. You try and log into a website, and most often it's going to ask you for a username and password. This is the one most common type or factor of authentication. A username is something that you know. A password is also something that you know. Thus, the first kind or factor of authentication is something that you know. Another common type of authentication is a code that's sent to your phone through text messaging. You may have logged into your bank, social media account, or another website, and then received such a code. The code was received by your phone, maybe your computer, or another device. This type or factor of authentication is something that you have. Another type of authentication you may have used or seen is biometrics. This includes fingerprint or retinal scans, facial recognition, and some other very interesting methods for determining what you are. So the three types or factors are something that you know, something that you have, and something that you are. MFA, or multi-factor authentication then, is the use of two or more of these factors to obtain access to something. And okay, it does not count as MFA or multi-factor if you use two of the same factor. For example, both usernames and passwords are some things that you know. Simply using one of both or one of each is not multi-factor. It's just two of the same factor, something that you know. Some more terms to know. Uh, I guess I'm being a bit of a dictionary today. Multi-factor authentication is often known as MFA, as we said. The most common F MFA uses two of the three factors, so we usually hear about 2FA or two-factor authentication. When writing, it's usually a number two with the letters F and A. Some websites offer two-step verification. This is just another name for 2FA or MFA. It would be nice if we all used the same language and terms, but this is tech. This is why I have a podcast. Hopefully becoming obvious, username and password are the most commonly used methods. For this episode, we'll assume that you're using a username and password for everything. This is your first authentication factor. For a second factor, we can use a text message with a code, an email message with a code, an app with a code, a hardware token with a code, or a hardware token with a button. It technically has a code, but you don't have to do anything with it. It's my favorite. Uh, these are typically YubiKeys or OnlyKeys. Those are two different brands that we'll talk about later. All right, how do you break MFA? How do you counter it? Uh, with a password, I told you that there are databases that you can go get or buy with lots and lots and lots, maybe millions of emails and passwords in them. But can you do that with multi-factor authentication? Well, no. You can steal someone's phone number or their actual phone so that you receive all of their text messages. This is often referred to as SIM jacking. Uh, the SIM card or SIM card is part of your phone. By using social engineering, somebody can contact a company like Verizon or T-Mobile and 
get access to your phone number and even become the new owner of it. It's a little complex, but it happens all the time. With email codes, you can get access to somebody's email address, maybe because they have a weak or reused or shared password, set up a rule that automatically forwards their email to your email, and now anytime they get a code, you get the code. Or when you try and break into their website, you get the code. You can also steal a hardware token physically. And the last way is crafty and challenging. I'm going to pick on Facebook. If I go to facebook.com and you have multi-factor authentication turned on and it's going to send a code to your phone, either through an app or text message, what I do is I find out your phone number and I call you and I tell you that I'm from Facebook and I just need to test our multi-factor authentication because we've seen some bad activity on your account. And so I have already stolen your username and password because you already reused that email and password and I know that I can at least get partway into Facebook. So I do that and then it tries to send a code and it sends it to you. And because you're on the phone, I have you read me the code and I type it in and I say, hey, great, thanks. It looks like your authentication is working. No problem. Have fun. That's one way. The more sophisticated way is to actually set up a fake Facebook login page and send you a link to that in email. And then you type in your username and password into the fake website. That's my website. And then I ask you for the code and you type in the code. And as you're typing in the code, I'm typing in your username and password into Facebook. And then I get the code and I type it into Facebook and I'm in. And now I can change all the security settings and I own your account. Thankfully, I don't do that, but there are people who do. So what are the best methods? Well, I'm going to offer up the best combination of usability and security. I would actually go straight to the hardware YubiKey or OnlyKey as the most secure, but there are some challenges to that. So what are my recommendations? I recommend getting an app with a code. I most recommend Authy or Microsoft Authenticator. There are lots of others, but these two are fantastic. They work well. They're probably the easiest to use, easiest to backup, and the easiest to restore if you need to. Plus, they're both free. Authy and Microsoft Authenticator are both compatible with Google Authenticator. And by Google Authenticator, I mean don't use Google Authenticator. Uh, getting on my soapbox, which I've done a lot this week, um, I recommend you use Authy and not Google Authenticator because you can't easily back up Google Authenticator. You can with Authy, and Microsoft Authenticator is a little easier as well. Any website or app that suggests you should or can use Google Authenticator for two-factor authentication, stop. Use Authy. Authy can be backed up. Google Auth can't. If you use your phone or break it, it's going to be hard to use Google Authenticator because it's gone. You can set up Authy on your phone and laptop or another computer as backup. What you do to get set up is you go to a website such as google.com or some other website and you turn on two-factor authentication in the security settings and they show a barcode on the screen. You open up the Authy app on your phone, you click the plus to add a new account and it turns on the camera of your phone. You point it at the screen. 
it reads the barcode and adds the account. Easy. Not all sites offer multi-factor authentication. Those that do most often offer text or email. The next most frequent is to allow an app like Authy. After that, it's a hardware key. If a YubiKey or OnlyKey is the most secure, but allowed by the fewest sites, what do you do? Here's what I do. I use a YubiKey whenever possible. That's not often, but every time I can use it, that's what I use. I use an app whenever possible after the YubiKey. And when I can't use an app or a YubiKey, I use text or email codes. But I use something. If it's possible to use something for multi-factor authentication, I use multi-factor authentication. You need to back up your two-factor authentication method and know how to recover if you lose your method. For Authy, this is easy. You install it on two to three devices and you back up your devices. Yay, you're done. Seriously, that's it. With a YubiKey, you need to have some sort of backup method. Often, websites that use multi-factor authentication will give you some recovery codes. These recovery codes can be used in case you lose your YubiKey or your phone or your app and you type in this code and it might be six digits, it might be 20 characters, but they're there. So where do you store these? Where do you store secret codes that you don't want anyone to access except for you? If only there was a application like a password manager. Yes, that's it. Okay, I don't mean to be that way. <laughs> but you have a password manager if you went to the previous episode and listened through and started doing your work. So open up that password manager. Let's pick on Facebook again. Go to your facebook.com entry where you've got your username and your password and go down to the notes field and copy the recovery codes from the website, Facebook, and paste them into the notes and label them as recovery codes from September 4th, 2020. That way, you know that if you haven't updated them in a few years, that maybe you should go back and get some new ones, just to be sure. So like I promised, we have started using two-factor authentication and we've built upon our knowledge from the previous episode, cybersecurity essential number one, passwords. We're using good username and password and we have our two-factor authentication recovery codes in the password manager. We're using a YubiKey when we can, an app when we can, an email or text code whenever we can. If we don't have the others, we're using multi-factor authentication whenever possible. So as we wrap up, I have a little bit more homework to give you. Are you using a password manager? If not, please do listen to Humane Tech Episode 4 on passwords and get going on that. But stop. If you don't have time to do that right now, I understand. Again, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Instead, get multi-factor authentication set up on one site as soon as you can. Get Authy on your phone and set up one site. Are you a social media account user? Set up 2FA or MFA, same thing again. 2FA for one of those sites. Do you have a bank or credit union account? See if you can add that account to Authy or make sure that they at least have your correct phone number. What about pay systems like PayPal, Venmo, Cash App? Use two-factor authentication to support your security and privacy in those apps, especially 
keep your money safe. Once you have one account set up with multi-factor authentication, test it. Log in, log out, do it a couple times. Got it? Great. Then start adding two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication to every site you can. I'm going to ask you next week how you're doing, but please know I will be kind. Subscribe to this podcast, review it, email me if you want at humanetechpodcast at protonmail.com. Again, that's humane with an E at the end, humanetechpodcast at protonmail.com. And please take a look at the show notes, and I'll have links to Have I Been Pwned, The War Games Movie, twofactorauth.org, Authy, Google Authenticator, just so you can see where it's at, Microsoft Authenticator, YubiKey, OnlyKey. So I'll include links to everything that I've spoken about. If I miss anything, email me and yell. Ah, where's the link? My friends, be safe out there. Let's get this tech working more humanely for you. Until next time, goodbye.